All right, my friends, welcome back to your Bible book by book. I am Pastor Luke, and this is the book of Amos. Amos is a prophet uh, who is prophesying during the reigns of Uzziah and Jeroboam. And these two kings, one is the king of uh, Judah, that's Uzziah, and Jeroboam's the king of Israel. They both have long reigns, a 40 and 50 year long reigns uh, as uh, kings of Israel and Judah. And so a couple of things that you understand about what's going on in the circumstances uh, of the land of Israel at this time uh, is that uh, long reign kind of indicates or usually indicates that there's peace, there's prosperity, there's stability, uh, there's consistency in the land. And so it, it can be a little bit deceptive because during these long reigns of these kings, uh, they, they have a uh, a basic understanding with each other. So the North and the South kingdoms are, are kind of getting along, but uh, they have a little resentment toward each other. Think uh, along the lines of, of passive-aggressive. Uh, they, they're they're um, okay with each other, but they don't necessarily like each other. Um, and so at this time in Israel's history, Amos is in the South. That's where he lives. Um, and he's prophesying, uh, about a lot of different things, but um, this time period is, is uh, we know for sure, somewhere between 793 B.C., that's the beginning of Jeroboam's reign, and 739 B.C., which is uh, when we know Uzziah dies. So sometime in that time frame um, is when Amos is prophesying, probably um, a little bit later in the reigns of these kings, based on what we understand um, what's happening, what he's prophesying, and, and what's going on in the land. Um, so what's happening is that the land of Israel is fairly prosperous, and Israel, the North Kingdom, which, as we know, is fairly wicked um, and has been fairly wicked over its lifetime um, for 300 years, uh, it is feeling pretty good about itself. And the Assyrian Kingdom, which uh, has threatened Israel and, and uh, had made quite a bit of progress in, in conquering many lands, uh, seems to be struggling during this time. They're, they're having some issues uh, along the coast, and they seem to be declining. Um, and so what happens is that um, Israel has a sense that it is blessed and that it is in right standing, spiritually speaking, uh, with God because uh, their circumstances are good. And, and uh, there's a problem that Israel and, and Judah, that uh, the Jewish people uh, over its lifetime had an issue with, which was to look at circumstances as the uh, indicator for how they were doing spiritually, that when things were good and they were prosperous and peaceful, uh, they tended to uh, assume that they were doing well spiritually, that they must be on the right track and um, in favor with God, and that's why they were uh, experiencing the blessings that they were experiencing is because um, God was uh, looking at them um, with uh, joy in his heart, you know, towards what they were doing. And, and that was uh, a little bit of uh, a mistake uh, when people were looking at their circumstances for an idea of how they were doing, that the line would always move. Um, so when things were bad, uh, they would assume that uh, God was mad at them um, and they would uh, begin to be resentful towards God because they 
didn't see why they would continue to uh, offer the sacrifices and obey God and and, and uh, be uh, spiritually humble um, if God wasn't going to uh, bless them and, and remove their pain and sorrow and the things that were going wrong. And so it was kind of always a, an issue that they had where uh, when they looked at their circumstances for evidence or indication of where they were spiritually, they would almost always um, drive them to the wrong conclusion. Um, because many times when they were prosperous, God was warning them uh, to make sure that they turn their hearts back to him um, because he's getting ready to judge them. And many times when they were going through uh, pain and suffering, um, God was actually um, in the process of, of rescuing them and, and uh, bringing about his solution. Um, and so their situation, their circumstance, was not a very good indicator of, of what uh, their spiritual state really was. Um, and so what Amos does famously is uh, to illustrate um, what the standard really is and, and always has been. And from the very beginning, uh, God has made it very clear um, what the standard is. And the standard is his law. And so Amos uses uh, the plumb line as an illustration of where Israel is with God. And they were so far out of plumb, out of alignment, um, that it was inevitable that their house would fall. And so what happens is that Amos begins to prophesy um, about the, the words of God. And so he has, um, in the first chapter, uh, oracles. And oracles are what God says and then, um, in the, so that's the first uh, several chapters, actually, chapters 1 through 6 are oracles. He, he hears from God, and he speaks for God. Um, and he begins with some uh, oracles about other nations and how God is going to judge uh, the neighbors of Israel uh, and how he's going to bring about uh, his plan and his solution, which I imagine that uh, initially the Israelites, the Jewish people, were very happy with. They were very satisfied with the idea that God was going to judge their neighbors. Uh, but very quickly in chapter 2, um, the oracles begin to talk about judgment on Israel and on God's people and the fact that they were even more responsible than the pagan uh, neighbors around them because they knew what the standards were and what God's will was, and yet they were still disobedient. Um, and God is always, when he's warning uh, his people about impending judgment uh, or discipline that he's going to bring, uh, the idea is always that he is he's warning them uh, in order to uh, elicit a, um, a, a response of, of repentance and a turning back and a seeking after forgiveness that God is always desiring and willing to offer his grace and his mercy um, if people would repent. And that's his nature and that's his uh, standard is that uh, there has to be a response or a, a sense of receiving of the message. Well, um, what happens is they don't receive that message. They look at their circumstances and say, we're, we're in good shape spiritually. Amos um, is a, a prophet who is prophesying during a time when there are many professional prophets, and Amos is uh, what you might call a layperson. He is not uh, uh, trained. He's not um, among the professional uh, prophets of the day. He's actually a farmer, a herdsman, 
and uh, he's called by God to uh, bring about the uh, message of God, which is a warning to God's people. And so uh, they don't listen to what he has to say. Uh, which, what's interesting is that the professional prophets of the day, um, we really don't know anything about their message. Um, their, their words are not recorded. Their, uh, their stories, their ministries are, are not recorded other than just as a, a basic byline that there were many professional prophets of the day. Um, whereas Amos, who is not a professional, but who has the words of God, uh, we have his book um, of uh, what God has said and what he has shown. And so uh, chapters 7 through 9 are now turning to visions of God. And, and so what you see between oracles and visions, oracles are words of God, what God says, and visions are what God shows. They're, they're illustrations and images uh, that God, use, God uses to bring about his message or to confirm uh, or to help to illustrate or understand what it is that he is um, he's prophesying, he's warning, he's bringing about. And so uh, Amos um, uses the, the image, or God gives Amos the image of the plumb line uh, to show his people that the standard that they have to always come back to and understand is his will, is the law, um, and that that would be the, uh, the safety in, in, in their nation, that if they would return to the law, apply the law, and, and uh, obey it and listen to it, then they would have the safety and security that they really desire uh, because they would be within God's will. Um, ultimately, what that standard points to is the, uh, the coming Messiah, and Jesus is called the cornerstone, and it's the same basic idea or image when you understand um, what is being portrayed here. The, the line, the plumb line, or a level, or um, a cornerstone are all referring to the, the standard that must be met. Well, Jesus is going to uh, perform uh, exactly what God's will is. He's going to be completely obedient. He's going to um, uphold the standard, and he's going to achieve a perfect life and a perfect sacrifice uh, which is what is ultimately needed for all of us to uh, apply that and then to our own lives. But the same issue of acceptance and, and uh, repentance and confirmation uh, that we need is, is what the Jewish people have always understood, that uh, they had to receive the message of God, they had to be repentant about their failure to, to meet that standard, they had to confess it openly before God, and they had to receive his forgiveness, um, and, and then they had to add another thing, which was the sacrifice. Well, in uh, Israel, they had an issue, which is that uh, they had no legitimate way to offer the appropriate sacrifice because they had uh, f forsaken the temple, uh, which was in uh, Judah, in Jerusalem, and they had, per they had made their own uh, false temple um, and offered sacrifices through false priests, um, and so they had no real way to achieve the, the sacrifice or the place or the position or the standing with God that uh, was ultimately required. Uh, what's beautiful is that in Christ, uh, that sacrifice is made once for all and that anyone who receives his sacrifice by faith uh, is uh, given the assurance of eternal life and that assurance that God's wrath has been turned away. And what has happened is that the wrath uh, has been poured out on the cross and is no longer 
um, necessary to be poured out on any individual. And so uh, Amos points to all of these things, and, and ultimately in the history of Israel, what's going to happen is that the Assyrians are going to recover um, from their struggle, and, and uh, their temporary uh, decline is going to be reversed, and they will uh, rise again to power, and uh, Israel is going to see a reversal on their own uh, nation. They are going to fall from their prosperity and their safety, and they're going to fall quickly uh, to the Assyrians who are going to conquer them and then scatter them uh, across the earth. And so uh, Amos is uh, warning them. He's pleading on their behalf. In fact, even though uh, Amos lives in the southern kingdom in Judah, um, he is he is pleading and warning uh, the uh, the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, uh, to turn back to God, to uh, actually repent and find the grace and forgiveness that is available um, if they would simply uh, listen to his message. And so that is the book of Amos, and I hope that you'll enjoy your Bible book by book.